Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, recently I've been reading a book called Hope in Troubled Times, a new vision for confronting global crisis. And as I got to the end of this book, in the final section, I read a line, and it resonated in my soul. The line went like this, groaning with longing is the language of hope. Now, I believe that to be true. And I think that also means the opposite is true, that groaning without longing is the language of despair and hopelessness. There's another author who once wrote, you take away a man's hope and you take away his will to live. Groaning with longing is the language of hope. That's a concept that is lifted straight from the pages of Scripture, lifted actually from Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, many of us know this chapter is a beautiful passage in the Scriptures that speaks about how there is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. We are sons and daughters of God. And nothing will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing in this creation, not even death. But right in the middle of that chapter, the Apostle Paul, he writes about how the creation around us, the universe that we see with our senses and experience with our senses, that universe has been subjected to futility. And what he means by that is that the universe around us has been subjected to the curse of sin, brokenness, death, viruses, The Apostle Paul writes that this creation groans for redemption, and he compares it to the hopeful groanings of a mother in childbirth. Now, I think you would probably agree with me that we all need hope. Hope is a a powerful instrument when we are in the darkness. You see, hope lifts our eyes from our immediate surroundings, the the nitty-gritty of life. And right now, I don't know what that might be for you. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe, Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe you've been laid off of work. Maybe you're concerned about the economy. Maybe you're struggling at home as you're, you're stuck with your family and tensions are running high. Hope lifts your eyes from those immediate surroundings and fixes your eyes on the horizon. But the question is, what kind of hope are you looking for? You see, I think broadly speaking, there are two categories of hope. The first category of hope is a hope that can be snatched away from you. The same book that I was reading compares this kind of hope to being in a dark room and seeing cracks in the walls and beams of light are shining through those cracks. But if one by one those cracks of light are covered up, Suddenly the darkness envelops you. Well, that's the one kind of hope in this world. I, I think it's a counterfeit hope in an ultimate sense. What kind of things would we be thinking about? Vitality, health, youth, a good paying job, a healthy economy, politicians, whatever and whomever it might be. You see, our hearts, we can manufacture as many hopes as we can imagine. We could change the word from hope to comfort to idol to God with a lowercase g. The 16th century reformer John Calvin, he said that the human heart is an idol factory. 
whenever I read that line, I just imagine this assembly line and the heart pumping out idol after idol after idol of hope after hope after hope. But all of these hopes ultimately will leave you in the dark because they are counterfeit hopes. But what's the other kind of hope? Well, the other kind of hope is unshakable. It's a hope that cannot be snatched from you whatsoever. It's a hope that is utterly different from every other hope, and it will inevitably lead to questions. It demands an explanation. The Apostle Peter writes about this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says, set Christ apart as the Lord of your heart. Always be prepared to give an answer, to give an explanation, to give a defense, an apology to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that you have. The same authors of this book that I was reading, uh, they say that the hope of the Christian is a hope of contrast. They say it revives in the middle of the night just when the darkness seems to overpower us. The biblical image of hope is the morning star. The morning star often appears at 2 and 3 o'clock at night when the darkness is complete and the faintest sign of morning is not yet visible. So small that it threatens to vanish. The star seems unable to vanquish the overpowering darkness. Yet when you see the morning star, you know that the night has been defeated. The morning star brings the morning behind it, just as certainly as Jesus brings the kingdom behind him. I am the bright morning star. These were Jesus' last words to his disciples in Revelation 22, and they appear as words of comfort on every page of the Bible. But what makes Jesus the bright morning star of hope for the Christian? Well, like I said earlier, Hope looks to the horizon. And that means that the darkness does not have the final say. The morning star has the final say. And in the Christian context of of hope, this means that despite our circumstances, despite the, the darkness you might be experiencing right now, the darkness that might be surrounding you, it does not have the final say on your life. The morning star does. And the morning star has promised you a glorious future. Now that future, that that hope that we have in a future, it never rests, it should never rest in ourselves. It should never rest in anything we've done or anything we will do. It rests and it stands only in the unchanging promises of God and his steadfast love. And so as we look forward to the horizon, hopefully and expectantly, we also remember the gospel We remember how in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, God promised a redeemer. We remember how in John 3, we read that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We remember in Romans 6, that Christ died for us while we were sinners, while we were enemies, God saved us. We remember that through the blood of Christ, we have been adopted and we are now sons and daughters of God Most High. Now all of those things inform our hope. 
And they give us confidence in the future when God tells us that one day at the end of history, at the consummation of all things, his son, the Lord Jesus, will return on the clouds in glory and he will make his home, his dwelling place with us forever and ever on this earth. And when he does that, the darkness will be banished away. Uh, Revelation 21 tells us that there will be no more sorrow or crying or tears or pain or suffering. All of these things will be gone. The past informs the future. The Apostle Paul speaks like this in Ephesians chapter 2. He speaks about hope in the verses 12 through 19. And every time the Apostle Paul speaks about hope in his letters, he seems to connect it back to our calling. That even before the creation of this world, God destined you and me. He foreknew. He chose us to be his children. And so the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 2 verse 12, he says, Remember that at one time you were separated from Christ. You were without hope. You were apart from God. But now, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you who were far off have been brought near. And he preached peace to those who were near. And he preached peace to those who were far off. And through one spirit, we all have access to the same Father. We've all been made family. We are no longer strangers We are members of the household of God. The Apostle Peter, I I mentioned earlier uh, that he speaks about hope in chapter 3 of 1 Peter. But in the opening verses of that same letter, uh, Peter does a remarkable thing. He addresses his audience, the elect exiles who have been scattered throughout the Roman Empire. And without a doubt, they were living in difficult situations. But the first thing he does is he praises God. And he reminds them of their status, their royal status. He says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. God himself has assured us that our identity, our status, our inheritance are secure because he is guarding them and keeping them in heaven. And so no virus, no pandemic, no recession can ultimately remove that hope. What could pry that hope from the hands of God himself? Nothing can. So as we go through this life, as we walk in the darkness of the night, We fix our eyes on the horizon and we look for the bright morning star. In Matthew 14, the disciples were rowing in futility across the Sea of Galilee because they were in a storm and they thought they were going to perish. But during the third watch of the night, just before dawn, the Lord Jesus came walking on the waves alongside their boat. And initially they were terrified. And then he said to them, take heart, it is I. Christ was with the disciples in the storm. The bright morning star, just before the dawn, was with the disciples in the storm. And he is with us in the darkness as well. And we can be assured that morning will come. And that hope, it impacts the way we behave now. It impacts our priorities. It impacts the way we treat people. It lifts our eyes from the nitty-gritty of life around us and we look on the horizon of eternity 
and we wait expectantly for Christ to return in glory. So I just want to close with the words of Lamentations 3, verses 21 through 24, and we read these words, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. As the sun comes up, his mercies are new every morning. And that's a reminder to look to the horizon of eternity when the bright morning star of the dawn returns in glory.